children as well and their teachers to their classes. Amen. It's wonderful to have our visitors with us today. Amen. Will, I met a friend of his at men's conference, of all places, who lives in the Tri-Cities. And he said, you're by Yakima, right? I said, yeah. He said, I got a friend that's in Yakima. I'm going to send him to you. Actually, what he says, I'm going to take a picture of me and you so I can send it to him. <laughs> so he saw me before I saw him. But it's great to have Will and Mar Mara. Great to have them with us today. Great to have Sister Pat and Brother Jared with us today from Puyallup. Amen. I was instructed to let you know that as much as we'd like to have Sister Pat sing, we are going to give her the opportunity to sing. No, just kidding. <laughs> We're going to give her the week off. Amen. But it's wonderful to have them here with us today. Praise God. Amen. Why don't you turn, if you would, in your Bibles to the book of Genesis. I told Brother Timothy and I told Brother Matt before service, I'm nervous today. A lot of new things going on, technology-wise and all that. If our, if our words don't look right on the screen today, just forgive us and we'll get it right. But we're trying out some new things, and new things make me nervous as a, as a person. But we're just trusting the Lord. Amen? Give me just a moment. Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. We talked a little bit last week about, I think it was last week, we talked a little bit about the story about Lot and Abraham, remember? Sodom and Gomorrah and those things. Um, the Lord has taken me back to, to some of those chapters around them, but it's almost like the other side of the story because as that was unfolding with Lot uh, in those cities, something else was unfolding with Abraham and with Sarah. So I, want to I just want to show you a little bit about this uh, encounter that they have. So Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham. Actually, he calls him Abram, right? His name has not been changed yet. Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding <clears throat> great reward. I am your shield and I am your exceeding great reward. <clears throat> now, let me remind you or just point out to you, Prior to this, the Lord had already shared, I believe it's one time, maybe even more than once, with Abraham the promise that, he would, that the Lord would make him a great nation. You're going to have so many ancestors, those that follow you and your lineage, that we can't even count them all. And that has not happened yet where we're reading about right now. But he does say, I'm your shield and your exceeding great reward. And Abram, I like him because he was honest with the Lord. 
and we get to see a little bit of his honest conversation with the Lord. And Abram said, verse 2, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? I'm your exceeding great reward. This kind of reminds me of what Brother Mays was saying at the beginning. What would you do if he didn't give you anything? Well, Abram says, okay, I hear you, but I'm looking around and I'm saying, What's, what is the great reward? What will you give me? Seeing I go childless and the steward of my house, this Eleazar of Damascus, that's not my child, and Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. I don't have an offspring. So what's my reward? Especially if you look back in these Old Testament days, family was everything. Lineage was everything. Heritage was everything. Abram already had, remember if, if we read earlier in the story, he had so much cattle, so many sheep, so many herdsmen, he and Lot, they had to separate. So he was a wealthy man in the, in the terms of possessions, earthly possessions. He was wealthy. But the Lord saying, fear not, I'm your shield, I'm your great reward. And Abram saying, what are you going to give me then? I mean, he could look out over everything and say, yep, I, I've got that servant and, and that over there, but I don't have an heir. Verse 4, And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. Verse 5, And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed, verse 6, And he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Verse 8, the Lord, he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know I shall inherit it? Now he's talking about you're going to have all these, and, uh, these ancestors. They're going to need a place to live. I'll just give you all this land. How do I know I'm going to get all this? I, I, I think it's okay if we just stop and just say honestly. Sometimes we converse with the Lord and we don't know all the details. There's really, there's a reason why you don't know all the details if you stop and think about it. First of all, it requires no faith if you know all the details. And you look in Hebrews 11, Abraham's listed, it says he believed all this by faith. And so he obtained what he obtained through faith. You've got to believe. Everybody say you've got to believe. The Lord made me. He knows every thought that I have. He knows every thing that I want. He knows me better than I know me. 
I, okay, I, I don't know how this is going to fit, but we'll see if it fits. I, I, I'm an accountant, so I work with numbers all day, but if I had to say uh, 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 um, something that I enjoy is really not numbers, I enjoy words. I enjoy language. I enjoy English. That was my best uh, subject in school was English. And so I, I don't know, I don't remember all the terms for all that, but I know a properly worded sentence when I see one, and I, I know an improperly. And part of that is, uh, is speech and pronunciation. And I think probably there's a good chance my parents might see this sometime, either live right now or later. Uh, most people, if they just listen to me talk and they've never met me before, they really wouldn't know where I'm from because I just don't have a lot of an accent. And uh, dare I say, if I'm not careful, I could take pride in that. Believe it. Some people take pride in the fact that they do have an accent that says, this is where I'm from, this is where I grew up, and I want to talk like this. Other people think, no, I want to be so far away from that. I, you know, I, 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 when I hear that, no, I don't like it. Well, it, for me, it was no really uh, emotional thing. I just, around 12, 13 years old, decided, I think I'm going to try to talk like this. And when I met my wife, I was proud of the fact that I didn't sound like a southerner. But she constantly reminded me, you say that word wrong. Well, wrong how? From, from where I'm from. So she's obviously from Washington, born and raised in Washington. I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. And I know you're shocked now, right? But, uh, no, I just decided I, this is how I talk. It has nothing to do with how anybody else talks. I just, I see a word, I hear a word, and I'm going to try to say it correctly. Uh, this past week, there was a word that slipped out. <laughs> and she and my kids and they all are like, what did you say? Uh, what were we talking about? Books, I think, or something. No, we were talking about quantity and mass. And I said, well, one of these has to do with numbers and the other one has to do with volume. And that word volume apparently is not how you say the word volume. It's volume. Now, the word guy has been saying it all wrong all along. Where were we going with that? I have no idea. No, so Abraham is saying, I need the seed. I need my own inheritance. I need to know that the Lord is going to give me what is mine. And so in an honest conversation with the Lord, you can say, I'm not seeing what I think I should be seeing. I have not received what I thought I was going to receive. And those are... It's okay to have those conversations with the Lord. In fact, it's good, it's healthy to have an honest discussion with the Lord. And how you respond to His words really tells a lot about you. A lot of us, we don't want to stop talking because we don't want to hear what anybody else has to say. And sometimes it's that way with the Lord. I'm just going to keep, keep talking, keep talking, pray, stay busy, read the Bible, go to church, witness, talk to people. 
because I don't want to stop for a minute because I'm worried about what he's going to say about whatever's going on. I have Conversation is two-sided. My relationship with the Lord has to be two-sided. Go to Genesis chapter 16, verse 1. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children, and she had an handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. You know the story of Hagar and Abram. I'm not going to take the time, but it, chapter 16 tells about how Sarai, who was Sarah, says, I'm too old. I don't think this is going to happen. I know the Lord promised you children. Maybe it's just not with me. And you know that story. Jump to verse, uh, verse 1 of chapter 17. When Abram was 90 years old and 9, 99, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. That's, that's well on in an advanced relationship stage right there. This is not the introduction. This is not the first time that the Lord and Abram have ever talked. But now he's saying, let's take this relationship a step further. You've already done what you've done. We're, we're a good uh, 15 chapters into the story of how Abram got to be who he is. Now the Lord says, walk before me and be perfect. I'm going to make you complete. You've, you're lacking some things. To be imperfect means to be incomplete. So to be perfect means you're not lacking anything. The Lord says, Abram, let's get perfect. I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. Now, okay, <laughs> just remind yourself what happened in chapter 16. Abram and Hagar. Now we're reading in chapter 17. I'm going to make my covenant between me and thee. It's almost like the Lord is saying, I don't, I don't even know, I don't even care, I don't need to know what happened in chapter 16, Abram, because you and I are not through with our relationship and where things are going. I'm not saying the Lord doesn't care about what he did, but when you read his conversation, he's saying, that's not what's in my mind right now. I still have a thought and a plan for you. Verse 3, Abram fell on his face and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. There's probably some, uh, some good information hidden in the fact that Abram was the father of Ishmael, not Abraham. I don't have the time nor the depth to go there today, but just let yourself think about that for a minute. Ishmael, born of Hagar, was the son of Abram. The Lord shows up and says, Nah, that's not the father of my inheritance. Abram, I'm going to change your name to Abraham, and you will be the father of many nations. Verse 6, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. Jump down to verse 15, and God said 
unto Abraham, As for Sarai, thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her, and give thee a son also of her. There will be no questions asked about the legitimacy or illegitimacy of the child you've already had. Because that one, we're not even going there. I had a plan from the beginning, and it was to produce seed through Abraham and Sarah. Verse 17. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him? Sometimes the word from God is so far out there for you that you, your first response could be not, all right, it's, what? Are you kidding me? Are you really going to, I have been, people probably think I'm crazy if they could see into my car sometimes while I'm just driving alone. And because the, usually my conversation is in my spirit with the Lord and I'm just praying and I'm going along. But sometimes he'll give me a, a, a an understanding or a direction or whatever and all of a sudden it comes out vocally. Are you kidding me? Because I know the, the full context of the conversation we've already had between he and I. But then it's like he says, no, you're feeling this. And I'm like, no, I, that can't be right. That's the first audible thing spoken in the conversation so I, I i don't fault abraham and you'll see later sarah had the same reaction i don't fault them for a natural human reaction to hearing something that seems quite unheard of so abraham abraham falls on his face and laughed and said shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old and shall Sarah, that is 90 years old, bear? Jump down to verse, uh, chapter 18, verse 9. This is where we read a little bit last week, I believe, talking about the, the, the visitation of the Lord to Abraham and then to Lot. Well, I skipped over this part, but this is what takes place after that conversation where these men, these messengers, angels sent, by God are talking to Abraham. They say, where is Sarah, thy wife? And he said, behold, in the tent. Verse 10. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abram, Abraham and Sarah were old, well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being so old also. I want to take you back to what it said. I think it was verse 10. Yeah, the, the angel, he says, According to the time of life. He says, I'm going to revisit you according to the time of life. And when I come back, you too will be three. There will be an addition, a child born. 
according to the time of life. Everybody say the time of life. The angel of the Lord knows the promises of God work within the confines of human time and human life. That's why he could not say, I'm going to come back this time next week and you're going to have a baby. No. There's the nine-month period of a time of life. And so he says, after what has to take place, takes place, then I'll be back and I'm going to see the fulfillment of the promise. This one's an easy one because we can all say, that start the calendar on this day and the due date, the birth will be this day. But I wonder how many times the Lord gives us a promise and he says, I'm going to do this with you according to the time of life. And I have no idea what that time frame is. If the Lord says, I'm going to use you mightily in my kingdom according to the time when you're ready to be used mightily in the kingdom, I'm going to use you mightily in the kingdom. I'm thinking, okay, awesome. So like next week I'm preaching or no, a month from now. Give me a little bit of time to prepare. No, you have no idea the time because in your life I have to work out this detail You've got to grow a little bit like this. We get six weeks along, and then this is here. And you, we, we, if, you, if you use that, that example of a child growing in the womb, you see there are certain stages of growth. And you, you can ask a pregnant mother, how far along are you? And she'll say, I'm at this stage. What does that mean? Well, that means the baby has this and this and that because they are well-versed in the stages of life. You can ask a brother who's been promised to be used in the kingdom of God, how's that going for you? I have no idea. I think the preacher's mad at me. I haven't even talked to Bishop in like a month. Nobody's coming to pray for me. I'm not going to pray for anybody else. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. So I really have no idea how my promise is going. Good news, it's going according to the time of life. (laughs) And when you get where you're supposed to be, I promise you the fulfillment of that promise will be there. He knows the end from the beginning. Verse 13, And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? i got to just pause here for a moment because this is a very, this example of a child being born to a mom and a dad It's a very natural thing. We know this, and let me rephrase it. A child being born to a husband and a wife is a very natural thing. That's how God ordained it to be. A child child being born to a man and his wife's Handmaiden is not a natural thing. 
That's Hagar. To this day, oh, okay, okay. Stay with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do this quickly. I'm watching the time. Last, uh, last week it was, one of the kids, it was while we were driving to prayer Friday night in Sila to pray over, uh, or sun, Saturday night, uh, over the situation in Ukraine. One of my, my son, Callum, he said, why don't we do this over all the wars? And I was like, what other wars are there? He's like, well, you know. I'm thinking, no, this doesn't happen all the time, or we would be doing this all the time. He's like, what about that one with Abraham's son? Because somewhere along the way, probably sitting in church somewhere, he heard a preacher say what I was just about to say, which is the offspring of the illegitimate wars against the offspring of the legitimate. That started way back then. What book are we reading? Genesis. And in 2022, my son knows there is still a war going on in this world because of what the natural strives for and what the spiritual strives for. The scripture says that those things war against the things of God. I'm almost done. Let me finish reading right here. Verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I wish I had about 30 minutes to just repeat that phrase over and over and over and over until we either decide yes or no. Because I can't just ask it once and get your response and let that really be the true response. Because we as humans think, well, hang on, there's probably something I haven't thought of yet. Is anything too hard for the Lord? He can do anything. He can do anything. This is the Lord's response to Abraham when Abraham, he, he's putting Abraham on the hook for the fact that Sarah laughed at the promise, in case you didn't catch that. He's saying, husband, come here. Let me talk to you about your wife. And her response to the word of God. Why didn't they just say, move aside, Abraham, we've got to deal with Sarah? No, because it's authority, right? We've been through this many times, the way that the Lord works and works through authority. So he says, it's the same as what we see with Adam and Eve. He says, why did your wife laugh at the promise? He didn't even say that to Abraham when Abraham laughed at the promise. Here's what I see. Enough time has transpired between the time that the Lord told Abraham and then this angel visits Abraham and Sarah together that the Lord assumes we're probably all on the same page now, right? I told you, husband, and husband, you had enough time to tell your wife 
and get back to me so it's not going to be a surprise when I say what's going to happen. Instead, Abraham's like, well, haven't really got around to that conversation yet. So the reaction you're going to get is the initial reaction. Oh, by the way, yes, uh, we did talk a little bit about this, and we tried something else. That I don't know if that's going to work or not. But this is the response that the Lord has. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? There is nothing. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. You can stand with me. I'm coming to a close. This, the Lord just keeps turning over this phrase according to the time of life. We don't get to determine that. Really, that's probably where all of the issues stem from. Is that I'm not really in charge of the thing I'd like to be in charge of. If I was, boy, I would speed up that time clock on some things. And I'd slow it down on some other things. If I was in charge, according to the time of life, I feel like it would be good if, if we could just take a moment, be honest with the Lord, as I said at the beginning. It's, it's a conversation between me and God, between you and God, about where am I in my life right now? Especially when I look at what I thought was the plan of God for my life. I know God wants to do this and he wants to do that. And I know enough about him to have a pretty good idea of how that should look in my life. But where am I in my life right now? Are things unfolding the way that I think they should? Are they unfolding the way that I would do it if I was in charge? If they are, you need to pray. And if they are not, you need to pray. If everything in your life is going exactly the way you want it to right now, I want to have your phone number and I want to talk to you more. But it's because the Lord, I don't know that the Lord has really started the clock on all the things He's going to start because He has to remove that element of control from us in order to do what He wants to do. That's just the way He chose to work. I don't know a better reason than that. But by faith, Abraham received 
the promise. He believed and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Can we just take a moment and express belief to the Lord? I don't know what else you want to express, but express some belief to the Lord right now. God, I believe in all the things that you have said. I believe in all the ways that you are working in my life. God, I trust in you. I put my faith in you, Jesus. I do believe, Lord. I know that there is nothing too hard for you. I know that all things are possible with you, Jesus. I believe it today, O oh God. I believe it today, O oh God. There is nothing impossible with you, Jesus. I'm opening these altars right now. I'm encouraging you to find a place and pray. Let the Lord continue to speak to you. Let Him speak to your mind. Let Him talk to your spirit. And have an honest conversation with the Lord in your spirit. Be honest and open with the Lord about your life. About the things you are seeing. About the things you are not seeing. About the things you still desire to see. God, I want to see my children saved. God, I want to see them baptized in Jesus' name. I want to see them filled with the Holy Ghost. God, I want to see your will done in this church. I want to see your kingdom come in my life, Lord. I want my family to be put back together, Lord Jesus. God, I want the door to be opened before me that I would have boldness to walk through it. God, that I would have faith to walk through it. In the name of Jesus, come on, be open with the Lord. Talk to the Lord from a place of honesty. Talk to Him from a place of honesty.
before we go, I just want to read this one passage to you. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. We started, we mentioned this verse earlier today. I just wanted you to see this. If my people, Second Chronicles 7, 14, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and my ears attempt unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. Amen. The Lord hears the prayers that you pray. So don't be discouraged. If it looks like it's not being answered, he hears it. And according to his time, he will answer it according to his will. Jesus, I thank you for your spirit that we felt here today. God, I thank you because we still get to feel this same spirit, Lord. Even after we dismiss and, and leave, Lord, we still get to feel your spirit. I pray let it continue to rest upon your people. God, let it continue to speak to your people. Hold us, Lord, close in by your side, I pray. God, and hear the voice. Hear the prayer of your people. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank the Lord. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. And there is plenty of birthday cake to be had if you want to stick around and have some. <laughs>